This was the only time that they're receiving product from somewhere else that's unmarked and they have to mix it not knowing what it is. And that was my first red flag. Before that, that they knew everything that was in there and they knew what they were mixing. And that changed with this vaccine. Which... Well, I took over probably 180 screenshots of documents that were in this database under the codes that I searched. Um, one document I found that I'm still having be analyzed discusses the HIV that's in that could possibly be in these shots. Um, I have stuff that talks about where they planned, not planned death, but expected large amounts of death. And they were okay with that. Yes, in nursing homes. Um, I saw a lot of stuff in Chinese, a lot of stuff dealing with Wuhan. Um, something that I thought was really odd is that Pfizer has a research and development lab in Wuhan, China, and its address was 666. Um, something else was weird was there were so many members of the Chinese Communist Party involved in these documents. With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have an explosive interview today. I have M Melissa McAtee. She's a former Pfizer manufacturing quality auditor. People first became aware of her on Project Veritas this past October. This is a much more revealing interview. There she exposed the fetal cells in the vaccine, which was absolutely great because it allowed people to get exemptions and it, it was a, it was a quality reason for getting an exemption from, you know, a school or something. my daughter got an exemption because of that. So I'm really thankful of her, but she was also the one that was able to take pictures of the glowing vials showing the luciferous is likely in these. But this is even more. These are documents. She has hundreds of documents, pictures that she's taken. But none of these documents have been shown to the public until today. And you're going to hear a lot more information. For example, did you know that Pfizer has a facility down in Wuhan and the address of that facility is 666? I mean, what the heck is that? You know, the coincidences of the satanic cult is just too much. It's everywhere. And anybody who's actually dug into this can see it. And they'll see it. The facts are everywhere from legislation numbers to addresses to just all over the place. But this is just an explosive interview. I hope you share this far and wide. Also, the very intro of her giving, you know, what's in this. If somebody has a lot of followers on TikTok or something like that, it would be so awesome if you took just that little intro that clip it and say, see the full interview at sarahwestall.com, something like that, where we can actually upload it to TikTok or, you know, some short video platform. This is the information that the public needs to hear, you know, that along with the DOD whistleblower information and, you know, some of the explosive stuff that I've covered here with Tom Rents and other things that they've come forward with, 
these guys need to go down. And I know the Ukraine war is creating a diversion. You know, there's some legit things going on there too, but we cannot drop the ball on this. This, I, you know what? Who's the good guys in the world? If we're the guys that created this, you know, we are supposedly the West that created this vaccine that killed all these people and covered it up and are trying to get it everywhere, out everywhere. Are we any better than Putin? I mean, come on, guys. What's really going on here? Who are the really, who are the real bad guys in the world? And we can't drop the ball on this. We need to hold people accountable when they've committed mass genocide and they're still doing it today. I just saw a report today where two U.S. senators introduced a bill to provide tech companies cover via legislation that could make it possible for Congress to legalize censorship and criminalize First Amendment rights to free speech based on COVID information, COVID misinformation. So that means that that an interview like this, they could flag and say, this is COVID misinformation, and then criminalize it because, you know, this, the public should, shouldn't hear it. Basically what they're doing is the criminal cabal that we're fighting is using this against us to shut us up. They're taking it to the next level. That's why we have to fix this. this. These guys will stop at nothing. Now they're trying to cover their butt and they've been working really hard to keep this information out of the public. But the, I think the dam is broken. You, once the dam has a bunch of water leaks, you can't stop the water from getting out and they are hosed and the people are pissed and the people are going to take them out. You've killed too many people. They've killed too many people and that their time has come. It's just a matter of time before this, they're going to have to pay the dues and what they've brought forward. They believe in karma and their karma is coming for them. So anyways, I hope you share this video far and wide. It's a two-parter. It's long. It's good and it's important information. Okay, so before we get into this, please go to my website, sign up for my newsletter, sarahwestall.com. Check out my affiliates. That's how I fund this show. And now I have controlyourhealth.care on the top of my website. So if you're looking for that link, you know, the Dr. Glidden, the information, all the really healthy stuff I have. You can just click on that above now. It's, it's going to be there. And a lot of people say that they can't find it. Well, you can find it now. It's right there and it goes directly to that link and it should be easy for people to find. Anyways, so let's get into this really important conversation with Pfizer whistleblower, Melissa McAtee. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. I, I really wanted to talk to you because my understanding is what you have brought forward as a Pfizer whistleblower is just some of the information that you have. And we're really moving into another phase with this pandemic. And it's no longer a question anymore whether there is malfeasance and criminal activity here. We know there is. And now we're in the phase of we need to hold people accountable. And it's yes, really, absolutely. yeah, it's very clear that we're in this phase. So first of all, you were a quality, were you a quality manager or quality person at Pfizer? What was your role there? Um, I was a manufacturing quality auditor. And what that is, is it's, it's kind of like its own department where we're kind of our own bosses. We have 
a supervisor and a manager, but they really don't do much besides ask us to help them when they're too busy um, and maybe help give us final decisions on things, um, which is how I ended up getting photos of the vials because as quality, we're allowed to take photos. And so, you know, I was sending them to my manager to make sure that these vials were okay. And that's how I had the pictures. And, but other than that, we're pretty much our own thing where each person is assigned, assigned different sections of the plant and we rotate every two weeks. And so you, and not to mention, you have to help people, you know, if you're, if your section's slow, you help in other departments that aren't slow. Sure. And, and so every day you basically walk the full plant, you basically make sure all protocols are being followed, all the rules, um, you make sure things um, line up, that the numbers match in every room, that what they're working on is what they're supposed to have in the room. Um, we're basically kind of like a second eyes set of eyes that come through and look at everything to make sure things are done correctly and everything's being followed and done in an orderly way. Um, but the hands on stuff was more every day we would have to audit units, which means every day we would go to our lines and they would be running product and we would have to look at hundreds of units a day, sometimes thousands of units a day um to inspect them for defects um whether that be cosmetic or quality um issues and we go through about a yearly training that takes about a week to two weeks um where they give you so many good units like 300 good units and 60 bad ones not quite that many but and then you have to find them all and that's how you pass the test so they're usually really strict on quality and visual inspection because we're the eyes that catch things before it can reach the customer Sure. And so that's so a good thing. That. Yes. Yeah. I really liked my job. Yeah. A lot of times auditors are independent and report directly to executives so that you can solve the, the line issues right away and shut it down. Is that how that is set up there? Well, what we did was we would have, well, like what well, we have a chain of command. And so like, let's say we find a defect and we have to fail a batch, which means like let's say they failed a critical, which would be something that affects the sterility and safety of the product. So like a crack or an unsealed unit that was missed by the line, because we're second inspection, the, the lines, the machines and the people look at it first. And then we look at it to make sure nothing was missed. And like, let's say we find a crack and we have to shut the line down and they have to restart and relook at everything. And that really sucks when it's a 1.2 million batch and they're halfway through and they have to go back all through the stuff they've looked at. Um, and like when that happens, we would notify our supervisor, we would get an on hold placed, which is a piece of paper that goes on the product that says, Hey, this product can't proceed to the next stage. It has to be reinspected. Um, in which case then our supervisor would talk to our manager and it's basically like the paperwork aspect of it. Like just documenting that this batch had a problem. Well, so you are pretty detailed on this. You found some interesting things. Let's go through what you found. And you also found some, you have emails too. So can you talk about what you found and then what your process was and how it's, so we can talk, you know, tell the audience how it's very different than what you normally would do. And that raised a lot of red flags. So what did you find? Well, the first kind of red flags I was hearing, cause I think everyone in the plant, including quality was excited to what we thought would be helping the world with the vaccine. And so we were, but we were still skeptical because it's still a little weird to have a vaccine ready in such a short time. 
but since we worked there, we were all pretty confident. Well, if something's weird about it, we'll know. Right. And so a lot of us waited, not all of us, but a lot of us waited. And is that because they're normally honest with you over the years they've been honest. So they've gained your, yeah. your trust. Okay. Yeah. I honestly never thought of anything sinister at Pfizer before. Like I knew that they were doing things that like bugged me, but I just thought it was like the business aspect of it ver- like cost versus labor type stuff. Um, but I never thought that they would be capable of unleashing evil into the world intentionally, or at sure. least um, maybe not intentional. Let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and say it wasn't intentional. They should know now that these are dangerous and they haven't done anything to uh, recall those. Well, okay. <laughs> they, they're, I mean, they're that's just giving them study. the benefit of the doubt. So that's okay. just for the people who are skeptical to think, oh, who would ever do that? You know? <laughs> I well, personally think it was stunning. intentional, especially because of how they treated us um, as quality. We're supposed to ask questions if something's different or if we don't have something we're supposed to have. So like we usually always have um, a description page on what the product is. So like what it looks like, how it behaves, what its um, compounds are, you know, all different kinds of things sure. that like, let's say we look at a unit and it looks kind of green. We, we're, we, we would be able to pull up that paper and go, okay, this is normal or, oh, this isn't normal. And so then we could decide from there if it was a defect or not. But with this product that wasn't available at first, which I thought was really odd because how is quality, can we do our job if we're not having the proper stuff to verify if something's normal or not? Yeah. Well, did they eventually give it to you? Um, yes, they did, but it wasn't accurate. Oh, Okay. It, and how was it? Because it a- said it was clear to a light yellow, which is partially true. It is on certain. Well, it would say um, that the color, for example, it would say clear to a light yellow, um, which is only true when it's on the white background, because you have white and black backgrounds that you hold the units against to see if there's any particulate matter. Yeah. And um, on the white side, you it is clear, almost a very, very slight yellow, almost unnoticeable. And then on the right side, when you took it to the black side, it glowed blue. And they, but that wasn't documented in these documents. Okay. So, uh, so then what, what happened with that? You, did you notice it glowed blue? The thing wasn't documented well, and what did you do? Well, I was pretty skeptical already because I had talked to someone in compounding and compounding is one of the only aspects MQ doesn't really deal with. Um, and someone in compounding who had been there a very, very long time said that this was the only time that they're receiving product from somewhere else that's unmarked and they have to mix it, not knowing what it is. Oh, and that was my first red flag. So what does that mean? I mean, they usually mix it in that facility and this time. Yeah, they... Well, yes, it's usually made in plant. Yeah. And, and this is the first time this particular employee has never seen it made outside the plant and then she or made it well, out and unmarked. Oh, and what does it mean by unmarked? Like all the ingredients said A, B, C, D or what? Well, so basically, yeah, you have an ingredient, you know, names that I can't even pronounce of what the ingredients are of the components, right? Or they have a recipe is what they call it, you know, how um, they're supposed to make the drug, how they're supposed to make the solution. But with this, it came, the, now this is, I didn't witness this, this is somebody's account that works there that's trustworthy. They said that it comes in in unmarked bags, so they'd be labeled A, B, C, D, hypothetically like that. Um, And then the instructions would say like, add part A into part B and part C into part D and then mix and then add to this solution. 
you know like it wasn't as clear and laid out they didn't really know what they were mixing it's kind of like blind mixing is what they were doing versus it used to be before that that they knew everything that was in there and they knew what they were mixing and that changed with this vaccine which again we kind of wrote off in the beginning as oh it's because this is an emergency we've got to get it out quick they didn't have time to print labels and make it all easy was kind of how i tried to justify it in the beginning and then things just started snowballing from there okay well what do you mean by it snowballing so what started happening um somebody sent me um an interview of the Stu peter show with dr jane ruby and she said that uh some scientists in spain had discovered graphene oxide in these vials of pfizer's vials specifically and that the graphene oxide is toxic to people that it can kill people and that it creates a wi-fi network in the body and so i thought well that's scary and at the time this was my first episode i'd ever seen of Stu peters so i was kind of like skeptical like anybody would be and i started researching it well on accident i sat down at the computer my, my um in our department we had our own computers that we'd share with like one or two other people and I sat down and I went to go type in the Google search bar on my homepage, but instead I accidentally clicked the Pfizer um, database search, which is, it's an internal search engine that you can find documents within the Pfizer database. It doesn't go external to the external internet. It's only the internal. Yeah. And I typed in graphene oxide and hit enter. And when I thought I was looking at it, I thought I was looking at a weird like Bing search kind of results, but it turned out it was the internal database. And the very first thing that I saw was the graphene oxide report from Spain. And I read it and in the graphene oxide report, it said this vaccine, they used a use, they inspected a used vial. Um, each vial contained six doses. So it had been used and they looked at it under a microscope and they found what appeared to be visually 99.9% uh, matched to graphene oxide. And they compared it under a microscope and they were almost identical, like totally, they can't say 100% because they need to do a chemical test. Yep. Um, to see what the, these components were. And so they requested more vials. Well, so just to see, you know, is this common knowledge? Like, is this something um, that's just a, you know, a scam type thing? Well, I Googled it and every fact check I read totally discredited the claim saying Pfizer says that no valid um, reports of that exist. They basically said that these scientists are a bunch of loonies and that they didn't even know what they were doing and that Pfizer says it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically what they did to me, which is the equivalent of going to the rapist and asking them, hey, did you rape that girl and taking his word for it versus yeah, doing they, an investigation? Yeah, they just, okay, we asked Pfizer and Pfizer said no. So then that's what happened. Yeah. Exactly. Those guys are just crazy is basically what they did. They called them amateurs and unprofessionals. And so I kind of, well, if that's true, how come are they discrediting the claim at all? But I have it in the Pfizer database here that it's a legit claim and that they basically are saying, yeah, we found it. We just need to confirm this. And since then, um, what Dr. do you mean Pablo you saw Cameron, it in the hold on? What you saw it in the database saying it was a legit claim. What does that mean that you saw that it was it a wasn't legit some Internet hoax or word of mouth? Um, the actual report was submitted to Pfizer. Um, basically okay. as a complaint, like, Hey, this is in your vaccine. We need to study this. Yeah. And Pfizer basically saying, Oh, you're crazy. And wiping it under the table and saying, no, this isn't legit. They just wouldn't even go there. Okay. And then exactly. since then more and more people have found this in the, the vials. Do you know if they have submitted more to Pfizer and is that's just Pfizer's 
protocol is to write them off as nutbags? Um, pretty much. Uh, Pfizer is very serious about talking to any media that if anybody asks you anything, you're to refer them to designated people, um, which is crazy to me. Um, but Well, that's how most uh, big corporations run, but still they didn't well they're gonna have the trained monkey answer the questions that's right and they didn't they didn't address the issue they just smeared the messenger because that's what exactly. you do yeah yes that's what they did well okay so then what else did you find because this is <laughs> you just kept unraveling this beast what else did you find here well um i searched the database for a while and not really having any luck finding anything and then I ended up getting married and going on a honeymoon. So I was gone for a little while um, from work. And when I came back from my honeymoon, um, one of my friends within the plant, a very trusted person in the plant, sent me this interview of flyover conservatives with uh, Dr. Christiane Northrup. Yep. And in it, she talked about the codes that Big Pharma uses for these, these sinister ingredients. And so I took notes, went to work the next day, which was August 20th, and... I sat down at the computer. Um, I had some time to kill. I had a busy day that day. So I was just looking really quick, thinking I wouldn't find anything, honestly, because I hadn't found anything up to this point. And uh, I searched, um, the very first thing I searched was HEK293, um, which is the, the cells for the human embryonic kidney cells that were from yeah. experiment 293. And the first thing I found was those emails. And how I found these emails was you can't just save anything into the database. You have to have credential to save things into the database. So what it was was somebody who was involved in those emails. I know who it was, but I don't like to say who it was. Someone involved in those emails saved those emails as a reference to how to answer questions. So kind of like a script to refer to. Let's tell people what's in those emails again so they know what you're referring to. Um, so I released um, in October to Project Veritas, I'd stumbled across these emails that were between CEO executives of Pfizer and communications group of Pfizer. And they were basically discussing how to dis, um, answer a question regarding the HEK293 T cells being used in testing. And in these emails, they're talking back and forth about how we're trying to avoid raising any of this um, topic because we haven't been asked it. Um, it's, let's do our best. Here's the approved answer. And then this one woman responds and says, is this answer OK? And she says, no, don't put that, you know, only leave the minimum detail. Don't go into detail. Um, leave out the highlighted part. Only read this part. Um, and. They also discussed, which I thought was really alarming to me, was how the Pope says it's okay, so we need to stick with what the Pope has said okay, so that basically so that people um, can't get religious exemptions is what their goal was. Oh. And I, it made my stomach turn because I knew that um, aborted fetal cells were used in developments of vaccines, but what made me sick was why are they trying to cover it up? If what they're not doing, if what they're doing is not wrong, why are they trying so hard to not talk about it and get it out there in the media? That's exactly right. So the aborted fetal cells were used, but how heavily were they used? I mean, what were the um, process? Is it in every single vial or what is the amount? And, you know, you know what I'm asking, how much is in each vial or was it used to do the experimenting or what are we really talking about here? 
So here's here's what's here's what Pfizer does, and here's what I'm sure the um, a lot of people have noticed the media and corrupt government does is they're very careful and picky with their words. So yep. there is a difference in the pharmaceutical world of development, production, and manufacturing. So like development would be the testing, production would be making it, manufacturing would be issuing it and getting it out. Um, basically, is what that the difference is. And so if you would ask them, you would say, are there fetal cells used in these vaccines? They would go, there are no fetal cells used in the um, in the manufacturing. That's what they do. Okay, well, that's not the question. Yeah, yeah. The question is, are any used at all? And they'll say, not at all in the manufacturing. And to a layperson who doesn't know what that means, they're going to think, oh, great. So they, they didn't use any at all. But no, because they, the, they used them in, at the very least in the testing. And why I don't think it's good that they use them in the testing is because they're essentially using cancerous cells because that's what they are. They're cells that never die and they never stop replicating. And they test on these um, fetal cells to save money, essentially, so that that's their claim is so that they don't have to keep buying cells and having to get more cells to test. But what's weird is why are we testing on cancer cells? Not every person, you know what I'm saying? Like are yeah. cancer cells going to behave the same way that normal cells do? Well, and the fetal cells, I think people are just disturbed in general, but still you're right. They should be testing on what they're putting it in. You know, what are they really using? But okay. So let's ask another question here. The, we know that fetal cells are being used, but you don't know what the real ingredients are right? Because it was always A, B, C, D. So who knows if it's in the final result or not? In, in my personal opinion, I think maybe not the HEK293T cells are in there, but I do believe the HeLa cells are in there and another form of aborted fetal cells, just because of how adamant they were about not wanting people to know that information. And I do have documents discussing the HeLa cells, which are cells taken from an African-American woman without her consent from a cancerous cervical tumor. And they used testing on that. And that was done in the 50s. And the family didn't even know they were profiting off their family member's body for at least 20 years. Yeah. Okay. So what did what is the difference between the two cells? And why do you think it's in there? What benefit would it have to be in there or not? Just because maybe it's even there is no benefit, but they're in there. So why do you think they're what is the difference? And why do you think they're in there? So the difference is the source, basically where they came from. The HEK293 cells are a very specific fetus it came from, um, which by the way, there is no traceability of. They don't, they can't tell you where it came from. They can't tell you why the baby was aborted. The baby has to be developed enough to have kidneys. No, yeah. So, because that's where they took the cells. And so, and it has to be alive um, when this is done. And so those are things that are very um, disturbing and challenge me morally and ethically on whether or not that's okay and why they would be in the vaccines. Now I've been, I've read, this is off my own research. I've read that they use them in other vaccines to help the infiltration of the virus, the dead virus into the cells to help you gain immunity. Oh, so basically they think it helps the, uh, the vaccine penetrate into the cells, the ingredients get into your cell yeah basically helps basically it helps the vaccine work is my my guess because your body will recognize it as human cells and not kill it right away is my guess okay or so my you, understanding and so you think now do, 
is there fetal cells, do you believe, in other vaccines as well? That we just oh, don't yes, want... there absolutely are. That's that's public knowledge, but people don't yeah. know that because nobody digs into it. Yeah. And and so that's why you believe it's probably there because it's there on most of them, right? Or on other ones. Yeah, and yeah, and just because of the level of deceit. I mean, even if they told us no, there aren't any, can we trust them at this point now that we see how they communicate, which is don't tell people, don't tell people, don't give them that much information, redact that information. Uh, and stuff like that, um, because I also had the emails where they discussed the graphene oxide, where a woman um, emailed communications and asked, she said, hey, um, I keep receiving lots of questions on the graphene oxide. I was wondering if this answer was okay. And her answer, suggested answer was, after a review of the product label, graphene oxide is not listed as an ingredient. However, we cannot guarantee that minute amounts of graphene oxide didn't make it in there through the manufacturing processes. That's, that she said it is their common thing that they can't, you know, yeah, they can't guarantee that it isn't in there is essentially what it says. And the response to her was, could we leave that second part out? Just put after a review of the product label, it is not listed as an ingredient. That's all they wanted her to say. They didn't want her to say that it could be in there. We, uh, it could be getting in there, which they're just pointing the feeder, finger, trying to point the blame, saying it's, um, you know, maybe let's say they're saying the shards of metal are getting in there through machinery during the manufacturing process. Well, that is not true because even if it was true, they need to recall it because then it becomes a quality issue. But even if it was true, um, I've seen firsthand how these vials get filled and they get um, put onto a belt and they get washed inside and out with very hot water and they get heat dried to sterilize them. And then they get filled and capped and sealed immediately. There's almost no chance for anything to get in there um, except for during that short window of uh, filling time where the needles insert into the vials and give it its solution. But even then, let's say it was an accident. Let's say these machines are accidentally, quote unquote, getting, um, graphene oxide into the vials they need to recall it then yes it's a problem but they're not yes <laughs> okay so what happened then with your situation you had the emails you saw the the glowing vial did you see anything else you had the baby fetus information you had the glowing vial you had the fact that the ingredients aren't listed what else did you find and then what did you do at that point well, I took over probably 180 screenshots of documents that were in this database under the codes that I searched. Um, one document I found that I'm still having be analyzed discusses the HIV that's in that could possibly be in these shots. Um, I have PowerPoint training slides um, of Pfizer that are confidential to the COVID-19 specific people and it says that they want a one team mindset a similar cultural and interest only they don't want people who disagree or challenge what they're doing i have stuff that talks about where they planned not planned death but expected large amounts of death and they were okay with that. oh you're kidding me yes in nursing homes they, they said they expected large amounts of death in the nursing homes and they were okay with that yes and they still because they still say we highly recommend it for the ones who are the most the elderly and the ones with comorbidities but they know that the elderly they still say that to this day but they know that there's going to be high death with the elderly even though the other protocols that doctors have there's a low death with elderly 
So they're perp they know that this is going to kill more than it's going to help. And you saw the document showing that. Yes. And I also saw um, what they showed as um, the deaths, which were more than any of the other vaccines total since they began compared to this shot. And I saw documents talking about the headline said target populations and it said um, immunocompromised pregnant women, children, which when you hear those, you think, oh, okay, that's just what they want to get them to because they see them as ones more susceptible to die from COVID. But then the other, the other category was non-studied populations, which if it said poor communities, maybe I'd think, okay, they want to get it to people who they think can't afford it, right? Well, no. Why non-studied? Why the, why the populations that aren't being researched and watched with this vaccine? And I thought that was very sinister as well. Wow. Okay. So this was just a big shocker to you. So then what did you do? Did you see anything else that, that you're not bringing up right now or you haven't brought up yet? Well, there are some, I couldn't view every document without notifying them. I opened it. So the ones that I couldn't open, I just saw the headlines and a very small description, kind of like when you do a Google search, it'll show the, the main yeah. headline of what you searched and then I'll show a little clip of that document. Well, one I saw that I couldn't open talked about depopulation. You're kidding and me. And I couldn't open that. Did you take a picture so you could see the headline? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Um, and I have all of those. Yeah. Can you send me some of those pictures so that we can yeah. get those up? Okay. So once a depopulation, what did another one say? Um, they had a, a document, um, it was quoting a book and um, now remember not everybody because um i did tests on this database to see if maybe people's homework was getting saved in there or their private things like things they're just doing on the work computer that were personal yeah. and saving it i did tests on this and you cannot save anything into this database unless you're higher up okay you have to be at least a supervisor at least and you have to designate it to the database it doesn't just automatically get saved in there and they had um, stuff in there talking about um, praising Satan. And I don't know why that was another one I couldn't open, but all I could see was the title was it says repentance bound Satan and his all consuming power oh, wow. and something like that. And I'm like, okay, why is this in here? Um, I saw a lot of stuff in Chinese, a lot of stuff dealing with Wuhan. Um, something that I thought was really odd is that Pfizer has a research and development lab in Wuhan, China, and its address was 666. Um, something else was weird was there were so many members of the Chinese Communist Party involved in these documents, um, which I thought was really weird, <laughs> I guess, to say the least. Did that scare the heck out of you? I mean, how did you feel when you saw this? Because you you're in this environment you're supposed to be the quality person and then you see all this what did you do at that point well the first ones i saw were the aborted fetal cell line in graphene oxide emails and then i was needed down on my lines well it's obvious to say i was panicking i st have struggled with anxiety for most of my life and my panic attacks are like shaking vomiting and can't speak kind of thing. Yeah. So I was trying to get over it and I was walking down to the floor and I noticed they were blacking out windows in the manufacturing lines. And that upset me even more because you're not supposed to do that. You're never supposed to block windows or cover windows. And especially because these were rooms that that wasn't necessary whatsoever. They were um, paperwork rooms and they were rooms that were empty 
uh, meaning they weren't actively running product to distribute to customers, but they were still being used for other things like uh, rework or um, unlabeling vials, different things like that. But why block that window out? And when I asked the supervisors about that, I said, hey, why are they blocking out windows? I asked two different ones. I said, why are they blocking out windows down here? And the first one said, oh, so they can't see me taking a nap. And he tried to laugh it off. And I just said, oh, nice integrity. And he got mad because I didn't laugh at his joke and he walked away. And then the other one I asked, um, who's more serious, I said, hey, do you know why they're blocking out the manufacturing windows? He said, oh, I heard they're doing some form of light testing. And I said, in the group lead office, because that's only paperwork. And he kind of looks around and he goes, well, the FDA is coming next week. Oh. And I said, thanks, that makes more sense. And so obviously internally I was freaking out. Um, I was facing a lot of cognitive dissonance, but I knew it was true. And I went into the line I had to audit in for the next like six hours. I was in a room for about six hours and I just prayed and I felt a lot better um, and I felt more calm. And then finally I said, you know, God, do what you need to do. Um, I'll get whatever info you need me to. And as soon as I was done working and I was kind of done for the day, for the most part, I went back up to that computer and I saved about 150 more images. And I was totally on autopilot. Like I knew what I was reading. I knew what I was doing, but I was unreactive. I was just saving anything that I thought was interesting or scary. Sure. And I secretly cleared out my desk. Um, I didn't tell anybody anything. I just secretly, because my desk was kind of messy. So I was like, they'll just think I'm cleaning it. And I cleared out my desk and made the plan that day to not come back, um, at least not until I could look at these documents with a clear mind and get more educated people to look at these to tell me if they say what I think they say. And so I took a mental health leave of absence um, the following week, um, which is uh, Pfizer is like a rich hus abusive husband. They take care of you in the sense of like benefits and pay. But when it comes down to it, they'll give you a black eye and you're supposed to just stay because you're enslaved to the the salary you've grown accustomed to getting and the benefits and all of that. I had four weeks paid time off, two weeks paid sick time off, wow. a week of caregiver leave. Pfizer definitely takes takes care of their employees, but I think they do that so that you can't leave even when you want to. Um, and so I just made the decision, you know, I need to take this mental health leave. I started seeing my therapist, talking to her about it. She she helped me realize, no, you're not crazy. She she knew me. She's known me. She's like, no, you're not crazy. She's like, I definitely would have more important people look at those things. Um, she knew I couldn't be there because I just, it's like knowingly going to work for the devil. And it, it just, I, I couldn't go back. And then I was looking, I reached out to almost any media I could. Um, even CNN, you know, MSNBC, I was reaching out to almost anybody I could on email or Facebook chat or whatever I could. And I never got an answer. And I don't even think any of them were ever even opened, maybe. Uh, but finally, oh, they one of my been. friends. <laughs> right, they just yeah. ignore all that. Shoot.